0: Hello everyone, welcome to a Challenge Cup edition of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller. Uh, today is kind of an unusual episode. We have an um, interview with Abby Smith, Utah Royals FC goalkeeper. Abby was kind enough to join me l- sort of last minute on this podcast. Um, and we just have a short conversation, um, mostly about life uh, as a player within the Challenge Cup tournament. Um, It was super great to speak with Abby. She just shatters the record uh, for most player appearances on our podcast. Uh, She has four, which is I think twice of anyone else. Um, So it's always great to speak with Abby. Uh, You'll hear a little break um, in our conversation. I realized that I hadn't prepped her uh, to ask her about the Black Lives Matter movement and sort of um, the conversations about race within the league, within the country. Um, So, uh, just kind of pause that in the middle of our conversation to ask her that. And so it cuts back in when um, we discuss those topics. It's at the end. I didn't want to uh, give the impression that it's an unimportant thing to talk about. It's probably the most important topic we covered, um, but that's why it's at the end of the interview. Um, we will have our 100th episode later this week. Um, just trying to figure out a time to, for us all to sit down and record that. Um, and in that we will, um, review the last two games and look ahead to Friday's Houston dash versus Royals game. Um, that'll be Friday evening. So yeah, look for that later this week, but here's my interview with Abby Smith. Hello everyone. I am joined today by Utah Royals FC goalkeeper, Abby Smith. Um, Abby, first off, thanks so much for coming on. I know it's a super busy time for you. Um, but yeah, how is, uh, how are things treating you in the midst of this tournament?
1: Good. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel like this tournament's been going crazy fast. Honestly, I can't mm. believe that we're already onto the quarterfinals right now. Um, it feels like the tournament just began um, and we're already here. So I'm yeah. um, hanging in there, honestly, just trying to take it day by day because it's flying by so quickly.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, so the last time we spoke to you, you were in Australia. Um what was the rest of your time with the Wanderers like, you know, and just kind of traveling back to the US?
1: Yeah, so obviously the the timing of that season ending was pretty crazy just because COVID had really gotten a hold of the whole world and so right as that sen- season was ending, I actually got back to the US and everything had went into lockdown maybe three or four days prior to my flight. Um, so I really enjoyed my time in Australia. It was a lot of fun. But then as soon as I got home, I it was like a little blessing in disguise because I was able to kind of get some rest and spend some quality time with my family um, or just my husband, honestly, because my parents were in Dallas and we weren't supposed to travel. So... Um, I was only hmm. supposed to spend three days in Texas, but it turned into two months.
0: So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember um, uh, you guys were in the semifinals, right? Yeah. The, uh, um, and even that game, it was like, are they going to play it? Like, it's probably fine. There weren't fans for that one, is, is, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Actually, there were fans. There were, there okay. There were fans for our game. There was, there was a lot of question marks about it. Um, a lot of people were hesitant with everything that was going on, and there yeah. were a lot of talks about them canceling or not having fans, or there are a lot of... And ors. um,
0: Yeah, that's right. And then they moved the final up a week and no fans for that. Is that right? Right.
1: Right. So that was basically their compromise was no fans, moving it up quickly and trying to make it go as smoothly as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But with everything progressing as quickly as it did, it was pretty scary, to be honest. But yeah. they handled it the best that they could. And then obviously we, we wish we would have been able to finish off better, but Mm -hmm. um, it is what it is. It happened. Um, It's a learning experience. And I think with being there for the time that we were there, um, I think we made really great strides with that club. Um, The Wanderers have really invested in the women's side. So I think, they can only get better from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool to see. And just with the timing of COVID, it did feel like everyone was turning into that final, which is, you know, poor circumstances, but also kind of exciting exposure for the league.
1: Right. Right. So, right. I, I want to say we, we actually, it was the week that everything really hit when, or like hit in the U S when the finals were going on there. So that that was the scary part was um as everything started to really progress and get a, basically out of hand was when we were playing these games. So mm.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a scary time. Um so when did you um arrive back in in Utah, you know, for preparation for this tournament?
1: Yeah, I actually got back to Utah at the end of May. And so traveling was pretty much like avoid any contact as possible. Like don't interact with anybody, just Mm -hmm. get straight to Utah. Then um, from there, like small group training started. So we had to be pretty strict on who we interacted with and, Um, start implementing all the protocols that we were supposed to do through the league and with our team. And then also just making sure that we were being as safe as possible because with the chance of, at the time we, there hadn't been any confirmation of the tournament. um, But when we heard that that was our best chance of having games, Mm. we really had to like be very diligent about following the rules and making sure that everyone was as safe as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been at, um, I think 11 of the, what, 16 games that's been played so far, um, photographing them. And I've been really impressed with the the safety measures. Like it feels like they're, everyone's taking things seriously, which is really reassuring to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, that was a big part of, like our league awareness and player awareness was that this is a very critical time for the anybody in the U S and in the world right now, because it's, there's a lot of sensitive things going on. So we were very fortunate to be able to play games, but we also need to be very much aware that it's not like that anywhere else. So mm-hmm. we have to be as careful as possible because if somebody gets it in the bubble, then we're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, what has it been like just, you know, the being being in the bubble, kind of going um to games, practice, and then, you know, what else you're up to?
1: Yeah. So pretty much like like what you just said, we're focusing on games. We're to and from the facility and that's about it. We're, we're not really allowed to go anywhere else just because that would increase our chances of coming across someone that may be exposed, may have it and may not know. Um, And so we're just trying to eliminate any of the chances of that happening. But a lot of us, like we're just trying to take care of our bodies because the games are so close together and there's such a quick turnaround. Um, so we're just trying to stay focused on that instead of like us being in a bubble.
0: Yeah. Um, and what, what's it been like for you as a player to go from, you know, you're in quarantine to, you know, four games in two weeks. What's that experience been like?
1: Um, It's definitely interesting, honestly, because like it's the, I don't know how to put this. Like when you have a long season, it's very different than going into a tournament style season. Hmm. Um, there's more pressure in the games, but there's also like you're, you're put down to the wire of every game counts, every game matters. And not saying that in the long season, it, it's viewed that as anything else, but we're, we're, dealt with a handful of games. And that's kind of how we have to manage it at that point.
0: Gotcha. Um, With yeah, with this group um, or not group stage, but preliminary round, how do you guys approach these games? Does the pressure feel a little bit different knowing like you're essentially fighting for seating versus trying to get out of a group?
1: Um, I guess it's more so of like we are trying to view each game like one game at a time. Um, Obviously, with the quarterfinals coming up, like it's win or go home. So now it's your mindset is just on this one game and kind of going from there because you can't look past a single game at this point. Because in the group stage, yes, you were you're fighting for the different seating in the table, but now it's win or go home. So that's where our mindset has shifted to.
0: Gotcha. Um. So uh, what have you thought of the three back system versus, you know, four at the back that we've seen, you know, utilized by Laura Harvey over the last two years?
1: Yeah, I think it's different. Um, it's different than most teams, honestly, but I like it. I think it's, a system that we're growing into and with anybody on the field, like it's a learning process because with a new staff and a new system and it's a new year and new players. So everyone's still learning and trying to adapt that way. Um, Obviously with the circumstances of COVID and um, the limited training, we were in a crunch time of trying to learn and, get to know each other's tendencies and also just kind of develop as a cohesive team um, in this new system. So yeah, I think it's, it's different, but I also, I like it because it's, you're kind of mixing things up. If that makes sense.
0: (laughs) It does. I mean, it's been really um, pretty fun to watch that change. It it certainly lends itself to more attacking um, soccer, but I also wonder what that is like for you where, you know, the the defense is down a man.
1: Yeah, well, I, I feel like we try not to look at it like it's down a man just because um, we do the system is very different. But if you play it, if you play it in a way that we're trying to do, um, it actually benefits us and yeah. like we're trying to make it as every everyone is attacking and everyone's defending and um it's more of a mental switch than um having the mindset of like oh no like instead of a four back now we're at a three so gotcha yeah
0: yeah that makes sense um what's the experience been like you know obviously um zon's bank um Academy and stadium are all part of, um, you know, kind of the RSL organization, but not really where you guys generally practice and not where you've ever played, um, you know, a a meaningful game. Um, what's it like been being at that stadium kind of at that facility more?
1: Yeah, I think it's great. Honestly, we, I've been out there for the Monarchs games and obviously we have some of our preseason training out there, but this is the first time that I think we've actually had games on Zion's Bank and um, just like been at the facility as much as we have been, and it's honestly like the facility's great. They we have great um, fields and resources, and so it's really hard to complain when like when you just like see pictures or you're just out there and you're like, wow, this is, this is the standard that we're at. Um, I'm super thankful that we're able to play at um, Zion's bank because it is a great facility. And also like, it's one of the best in the league. So mm. I think it, it's a great mindset to go out there and be able to train and play games but also know that we're trying to grow and get better. Um, but yeah, I think zebra is like a great—it's a great place to be, and it's also a great place to train, um, even though it is very different than playing on, uh, playing at the riot. <laughs> Has
0: the ter- the turf been a challenge at all for you or anyone on the team? I know I know some. I know fans have said some things about it.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously it's a different style. Like the surface is very different. Um, there's no secret to it between grass and turf, but I think as the games are going on, we're starting to manage and we're, you, you have to pick up on the flight of the ball differently. And the pace of the ball is different. Um, but I think we're able to manage it just because this is, We've played four games on this field, so um, everyone's trying to do the be- the best that they can and just kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. Do you have any good uh, turf burns yet?
1: Um, I had one from the first game, but nothing compared to m- most of the field players that are sliding on this. <laughs> I tend to wear um, long sleeves and like tights that cover any open skin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Um. What, uh yeah, what's been your favorite part of the tournament so far?
1: Um, I would say the fact that we have games now. Like, genuinely, like, I have been really happy that we're able to play games and we're able to watch as many games as we're having just because we had gone for so long without any sports, um, which is really hard to do and it's very unheard of during – like any time, honestly. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite part is having everybody here and being able to play games and watch games. And it's exciting that the MLS is picking back up, but um, I think it's great that we're able to have games within just like a quick drive down the road that we can mm-hmm. watch in person. Um, so, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. It's been nice. And I also love that the NW was at the first uh, league back in the U S that's, that's pretty great.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's a big move for us big time.
0: Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of new faces on the team this year. What, what new players have impressed you the most?
1: Um, I, we do have a lot of new faces. That is definitely, that's very true. I think we, as a team, honestly, have adapted really well with the old and the new faces. Um, I it's hard to put my like to say just one person because I feel like we have we do have a lot of new faces, but we also have players coming back from injury that have made a huge impact. So,
0: yeah, that's been really great to see as well. Like you know Ratcliffe and um, Matheson.
1: Yeah. I didn't know if we would ever
0: see Matheson play soccer at any level again. And she, you know, there she is scoring a goal in the first game.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then Taylor Lytle's back with Britt and um, they've had a huge impact. And I think just everybody that's come back in have really done a great job with like kind of blending the team together. Truthfully.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um. So first, that first game, super exciting and dramatic, three-three draw. Then the um the win, and then two losses. What what is kind of the team's mindset after? You know, it felt like a strong, exciting start, and then these last two games. You know, probably not the results you guys wanted.
1: Right. Um. Obviously, like two losses going into the quarterfinal. We the it's not ideal, but we're also still learning. Um. The games are coming really quick, and so. We have really had to like shift our mindset to like we need to buckle down and really focus in this upcoming game because it's win or go home. Um, There's pressure on this game of if you don't win, you're out. And we obviously we need to put everything on the table and come to play because we're fortunate enough that the group stage everyone advances to the quarterfinals, but now in order to get better um we we have to win
0: yeah how, how much of is an advantage is it that you know not only have you played houston but done fairly well against them and you know obviously like any other team been able to watch their games closely
1: yeah um we when we first played them they came out really hard and i think it was the first game of the turn the tournament for both teams so they're a great team. And I think that's something that we, we know and we've experienced and going into this upcoming game, like we have to play our game and focus on us. So I, obviously like they have some strong players and, but we also have strong players that we want to focus on and really highlight going forward.
0: So Abby, what has it been like for you? Um, kind of in the midst of these protests, seeing the league take such an active um, you know, part in particip- participating with the Black Lives Matter movement. Could you just kind of speak to where you're at with all those things?
1: Yeah. Um obviously like it's a very sensitive time because it's it's a tough situation for a lot of people. Um it's been really heavy on my heart and I know a lot of people around the league have felt this the weight of this movement um, because we're able to have a platform and really show our platform during this time, especially because of the games and being televised. But um, it makes me really sad to see everything that's going on, um, especially because this is a time where a lot of people are, are hurting. And it's turned into becoming like a very divisive time. So like between the kneeling and standing, um, it's become on social media platforms, everyone's so quick to point fingers and be really hateful towards one another. And it's really sad to see because we need, we need to make a change. And in order to do that, there there's got to be some sort of compromise or there's got to be the hard conversations that you don't want to have. And, um, those conversations have to be said and heard with an open heart and open ears and, um, not being quick to respond, but actually just being quick to listen and just kind of process the information because, there's, there's more to it than what meets the eye. Um, I think there's having the hard conversations of like, what's people, what are, what's the why behind it? And, um, having an understanding that not everybody thinks the same way and being okay with a difference in opinion, but also respecting one another because, um, that's how you make change. You, you have to have the conversations with people that are not the same as yourself or think the same or look the same. Um, and like, by all means, it's not easy. Like this is, this is probably the hardest time that I've lived through truthfully, um, with the weight of COVID and the social climate. Um, and it's, it's hard because it's, it's kind of um, it's amplified because of so many people that are at home, that are able to participate in the protests, but also, the amount of people that are on social media that are actually seeing what's going on. Um, so I think that's that's kind of like where my heart's at. Um, obviously, like. We have a platform, but my big thing is what are your actions um, in the community? Like, are you getting your hands dirty? Are you helping different communities out with resources and listening? And truthfully, like, are you actually giving back? Because I think that's the biggest thing. And that's part of the change that we need to make is we need to invest in the um, all different types of communities just to be able to unify and grow for moving forward. Um, because if like history repeats itself, if we're not able to really reflect on what's going on and evaluate what we need to change. Um, so it's, it's really sad, honestly, like it, it's a very heavy time for a lot of people but in order for us to really like make a change and really move forward, we, we need to be loving one another and trying to build a bridge of understanding and growth versus having a place of hate and hardening our hearts towards other people. Um, Because if that happens, then it, like it, a lot of people will lose hope and seeing a change. And that's yeah. something we can't afford. We can't have a loss of hope when we need to make a change. Um,
0: so. Yeah, do you, I mean, I know it absolutely has been a really heavy time for our country. Um, do you feel encouraged at all that it does feel like a lot of people are now kind of taking the time to think about race and racism in a more meaningful way than, you know, I think a lot of us were raised. I know myself for sure.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's good that people are starting to have the hard conversations. Um, And not to say that growing up, I wasn't, I was very fortunate because my parents taught me that you love somebody for who they are, not for what they look like. And I think the conversations that are being had, um, are necessary. And sometimes it's, it's the uncomfortable conversations that really help someone grow and open their mind to something that a lot of people may not have experienced and, um, or have even thought about it's, it's different. And I think that's the part where, being different and hearing something that's different and seeing something different than the usual is what will actually like take away this and like this vicious cycle.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. That's, (laughs) I think, I think that would be great.
1: Yeah. uh, And obviously like it, it doesn't happen immediately. Like this, it's going to take time, but um, I think it, it's going to, it's going to take a lot of time. And I feel like people are, are going to have to open their hearts and know that this is, this is going to be hard. It's going to be exhausting, um, but you can't give up after a month, a week a year. It's continuing the education, continuing to, um, put forth the effort to help open other people's mindsets that may not realize that they, they've been in a, in a bubble or realize that other people do need help. And, um, if you're coming from a place of if you're coming from a place of love and understanding and wanting to genuinely help, that's all that. It's hard to ask for much more than that.
0: Yeah. That, that's, that makes sense. Um, well, yeah. Um, I don't want to keep you much longer, but Abby, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate that. Yeah, kind of the insider's perspective in the tournament, but also you, you know, you speaking of these issues. I know they're not, Super easy topics.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I think you've been on four times, which shatters the record for any anyone else.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Record breaking over here.
0: So That's right. All right. Well, best of luck uh, against the Dash on Friday.
1: Thank you. Thank you.